0: Welcome to episode 667 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 667 of I Am Talk with Coach John Yesam and Bevan James Arce. How you going mate?
1: I'm pretty good Bevan, you're losing your voice by the sound of it.
0: Right, I'm just adding to that sexy Kiwi accent. That's right from last
1: week, That's if you right, didn't listen Bevan. in. Yeah, sexiest okay. accent in the world.
0: That's right, so um, yes, but I am losing my voice quite badly. So, And we've got a lot of talking We things. have got a lot. <laughs> So good luck to me. Uh, I Talk is proudly brought to you by...
1: Extreme Endurance. Galactic Buffer. And our patrons. A savage Few Jumper. Alan Iron Palm Kipters Chan.
0: We've got Alistair K.O.
1: Nocton. And Aaron the Tornado Torello.
0: In today's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got an age group of the week. We've got an interview.
1: We're going to chat to Laura Sedell, the winner of Ironman Australia uh, a couple of weeks ago now. I know she was racing at the weekend at a half somewhere. It does astound me how, how these pros manage to turn around from racing fools to halves. Last week we had Tim Reed. He raced uh, in the Philippines. No, oh no, it was Vietnam the week after Iron Man.
0: God. Yeah. Hard very core.
1: sturdy legs, you pros.
0: They are very tough people. Winger of the week: questions and answers. Then let's get into it, John. We had quite a few results happening in the half distance over the weekend, so let's talk about a few of them.
1: We did indeed. We over in uh, Germany, we had Challenge Hellbroom. Um, I happened to be on Facebook when this was on. They had live coverage. It was uh, quite good coverage of what I saw, and Sebastian Keenley was just spanking it on the run. So we, we write him off at our peril, Bevan. Yes, uh, he ran a one thirteen thirty to beat out Florian Angert and Ruben Zerpanty. Dreitz was also in there, so it wasn't like it was a super soft field. He won by about three minutes. Accurate. Um, the run times, are, yeah, they look all right. Second okay. place was 114. Third was 118. Dreitz was 119. The Females were in the mid one, mid to high 120s, so I think so. Daniela Blymau from Germany, she used to be Daniela Seemler. She was the one who oh, well, wrote. Uh, had the close finish in Rote. She took it out from Els Visser and Kareen. Hangartha.
0: and then we also had seventy point three Chattanooga. Yes,
1: yeah, so the site of the seventy point three world champs from a few years ago. Uh, we had in first place here Jackson took that out, and on the boys' side we had Sam Long.
0: And then lastly we had
1: challenge, but we got we got a couple actually. We got uh, Barcelona Oh, we actually got. 70.3 Barcelona. but to Arnault took that one out uh, in front of Dave McNamee and George Goodwin. And then on the female side, Fanella language beat out uh, Sarah Vanderveld and Gabriella Zelinka. Then we did have Challenge uh, Lisboa. Uh, Rudy Wild took that out. And on the fe- the Elite Feminino was Elsabetta Corridoro in 4 hours and
0: 16 minutes. So we now have this weekend coming up. We have Ironman Lanzarote coming up. Pretty interesting, actually. It's, I love that when you go to Thorsten's side Here's all the previous winners, because it's a bit of names from the past. Remember, Ian Alarge Johansson? Yeah,
1: huh? Ian Allard, Yeah, big Estonian fella. He won a I mean short... New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. He didn't do the swim. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Big... A huge guy, um, very strong on the bike, but ran really well for a big guy. Uh, but yeah, lots of lots of fantastic winners over the years. Jesse Thomas beat uh, beat Fredino in 2016. Um, so
0: this is not a fast course is it? when you look at that. Know, we know Lens Roddy's always been slow, but you know historically in the men's race back in the mid 2000s. It was a nine hour winner.
1: Yeah, on a very tough bike course, uh, so not at all surprising. Lanzarote is definitely on my hit list of places that I'd love to go to. Last year, Alessandro Di Giuseppe took it out in eight hours, 52 minutes. Uh, and Lucy Gossage took out the females race in 9.49.
0: So is it very wind dependent? Because we have had some 8.30s there. Is it very much just get a windy day and you're screwed? I
1: haven't been there, but yeah, it's it's. I don't think it, from... What exposed, I've heard it? is exposed, yeah. but it's not sort of Kona winds. but I think it can get pretty bloody windy. The, the, the shame about this race, they've actually got a really big pro men's field uh, and a reasonable size female's field. Uh, is It's $20,000, $25,000 US. Oh, you do it? Yeah. Oh. It's like, wow, why bother? I mean, you'd really, you kind of think, you maybe go over there for a training camp and yep. do, do a race uh, in preparation for something else. Because there's only one male slot, one female slot, uh, and pay six deep with $25,000. So unless you win, even if you win, it's not a massive payday.
0: Some good names from the past.
1: Yeah, so we got Yaroslav Kovic. Kovacic. Uh, he? I don't know much of them. Oh, Bevan, you, you, you're stealing my thunder here. We're gonna, we're gonna, new section coming up in a oh, minute. Okay. We're gonna, okay. I'm, I'm gonna do pro of the week. Yep. And each week we're gonna look at a pro that we know nothing about. I'm generally gonna work off the Kona qualifiers because there's lots of names in Kona qualifiers that, a, sometimes we don't even know the name. B, if we do know it, don't know too much about it. So I'll go into him a little bit, but he's seeded number one. Uh, he's predicted on Torsten's site to come in front of five minutes in front of Frederick Van Laird, and then last year's win Alexandra Di Giuseppe is predicted to come in third place. But all their times are pretty close, you know. First place is predicted 8.32, and um, ninth place is only 8.45, so only a 13-minute spread. Andreas Raylert, wonder if he can do anything. I know. Ivan Rana is down there.
0: I know. That's what i saying. Names from the past. Phil Graves. Although mm. he's probably still pretty young. but
1: Got, got old Brian McChrystal from uh, oh, yeah? from Rote last year. Hopefully he can go out and spank it. He had a fantastic race over there. Uh, Rhys Barkley, who is Lucy uh, Lucy Charles's new husband. Uh, he's in the mix. So, yeah, there's uh, nearly 40 pro men listed. Uh, on the female side, uh, you got Emma Pallant, um, Arsa Lundstrom, Nikki Bartlett, uh, D. degrees power. Uh, so again, not other than Emma Pallant, who has an asterisk next to her name saying she's registered for another event within eight days, uh, not really many Kona big hitters. The odds that Torsten's got is Yaroslav Kovacic, uh, to win. he's got a 36% chance of winning, and then Timothy Van Houten is the other favourite with a 25% chance, and on the female side you've got Asa Lundström at a 37% chance of, uh, of taking that out. So new section, Bevan, new section. Pro, pro of the week. week.
0: <laughs> so so you basically the idea is each week we're going to introduce a pro athlete, just to give you guys a bit more insight into maybe some of the lesser known names in the sport.
1: Yeah, so and especially... Is, is it
0: going to be weekly or is it just pro of this week?
1: Uh, I'm going to try to do it, obviously the next few weeks we've sort of pre-recorded, but yep. once we get into a rhythm, I'm going to try to do this uh, as much as anything for my own benefit to find out more about these pros as we head into Kona, because there's lots of names on that list I'm not sure about. Yaroslav... Kovacic from Slovakia is somebody I know absolutely nothing about um, until last night. Uh, so I went onto his website, he recently finished uh, third at the ITU World Champs in Ponte Verdara in Spain. Uh, his current best Ironman time is 7.55.43 in Almera last year. That's pretty bloody fast. Yeah, um,
0: and the year before you went eight hundred five. Yeah,
1: so you know, then I so I look for firstly their own website, and that gives us a bit of detail about them. He's uh, does. It looks like he coaches a whole group there, uh, and then go to ITU to see if they were former short course straight athletes. Now his his pedigree goes a long way back. He's his first racing on ITU was in two thousand and six, uh, racing sort of ETU, which is the European Cup races. Uh, nothing special there. In the thirties and forties, sort of through the the you know two thousand and six through to. 2010 not really getting anywhere went to the long distance world champs in uh, nevada and 19th and then uh, and that was in 2011. Then all of a sudden, in 2013, looks like he started taking things a little bit more seriously. And, uh, well, he actually got second in his age group. He did races in age group at oh, the, it the age group ITU yep. World Champs Final in London in the 25 to 29 age group. Uh, and then he's won a bunch of sort of local events. And then uh, then sort of in, in the last few years, he started to get into a groove, gone long, third in Almeria in 2017, and um, won his national champs again, went to the ETU middle distance European champs, finished fourth and then I definitely think that his um, best recent result is the ITU world long distance champs and uh, recently where he finished third behind uh, Gomez and there was some other good athletes there as well so Good on him, uh, a man to watch. And Torsten statistically rates him very highly that he may have an Ironman win under him after this weekend. So, go you good thing.
0: Well, he's proven in Almere. That's a pretty great time. Oh, 7.55. Yeah, that's you know, even you know, even
1: if I've got no idea on course accuracy or anything like that, but even if it's a little bit short or something like that that's still pretty fast. Yeah, definitely. It's not pretty fast, it's bloody fast.
0: It is bloody fast. Yeah, so that's this week's new segment, which is Pro of the Week. We've got Ironman Brazil coming up as well.
1: We have indeed, and again, uh, as with Lanzarote, you've had some real legends doing this race over the year. Eduardo Stirler's won it many times. Oscar Galindez was a great name from the past. Uh, Marino has won it. Tim Don set that new world record there a few years ago, Bevan. You know that world record? That's right. It's not actually the fastest time ever, but that's nothing against Tim Don because 7.40 is awesome.
0: Oh, did he? Okay, yeah.
1: In 2017. You uh, were
0: very fired up about that one, John.
1: I still am, Bevan. Tim O'Donnell. Tim O'Donnell's won it, uh, Brent McMahon, Marino van Holnacker. Last year we had Jesper Svensson take it out in 8.08 and Kirsty Yarn in 8.54. This year's race uh, has way, yeah, one uh, male and female slot plus uh, two floating slots. Got a total prize purse of $40,000 Donalds, $40,000, oh, Tim O'Donnells, he paid $40,000 Donalds, <laughs> that's what is happening in America, uh, yeah, Tim O'Donnell was listed, but he's just been scratched by the look of it, uh, so now Andy Potts is uh, seated number one on Torsten's rating, Will Clark, he just won the Outlaw half at the weekend uh, at a new record time, so we'll see if he turns around one week later to race in Brazil, uh, so overall, good field, you got guys like Cyril Niveau, Igor uh, bunch of other guys that are, yeah, pretty solid. So, overall, I've got about 25 males in the pro field. would you pick pot? Potts? Yeah, where did he get in Kona last year, Bevan? He got,
0: he got top 10, is not yeah, he?
1: Yeah, no, he, he's still legit. He's still legit. I wouldn't pick him as my dark horse for Kona or anything yeah. like that, uh, but he's...
0: And uh, he, won a, he won a 70.3 recently. Yes, yeah. So no. he's still up there, isn't he? He's still up there. Again, long the tooth. big unit. Oh,
1: it's just oh, astounds dude. me, guys like him, um, Mike Phillips. You know he's a big fella, big big yep. strong legs. Uh, yet they. What's forty two? Uh, forty two. It's older than me. Yeah, same age as me. Still going strong. Nice work. So then on and the nice guy. Yeah, on the female side of things, uh, Sarah Pampiano is uh, seeded number one. They've uh, only got two, four, six, six females. So. Pretty good chance of a payday there, especially when two of them, Pamela Pamela Oliveria could be an interesting one, Uh, she's a ITU athlete, I'm pretty sure, Uh, and she'll just spank everybody in the swim, I imagine, Uh, we'll see what she can do in the rest of the race, but you've only got, got four Brazilians, Sarah Pampiano from the States, and Jennifer Lensk, who Uh, has got an asterisk next to her name as well so whether she turns up or not Uh, we met her over in Kona a few years ago she's a nutritionist um, and sort of a newer newer pro athlete working pro athlete so good luck to everybody doing I'm in Brazil
0: good times rock and roll jumbo we've got um a couple random races coming up this weekend as well
1: but the ballot Tone man in Knes in Hungary is coming up now. My hung, grasp of the Hungarian language and especially reading it is not that strong, <laughs> so I'm not 100 percent sure whether it's a full or a half. <laughs> but it was listed on k226.com, so I better give it some love.
0: John's eyes to you, update with Yokohama. Do you want to do your five-minute call? I think I better. I want to hear the results.
1: Okay, ready, here.
0: Okay, so clock's get your watch coming, out. Your coming watch. out. John's pulling his clock out. I, I, five I'm, minutes. If you don't want to, if you want to go on online and watch the race push or fast forward in the show five minutes from...
1: Uh, hold on, the other thing I would say, and I might have said this a couple of weeks ago, Kiwis, you can now get Triathlon did Live, that. did I say it last week? Yep. yep, in New Zealand. So five minutes starting. I'm going to struggle with five minutes because this was, uh, this was some good viewing. On your weekend. marks. Go. Set, go. So last week I would have said that boring Yokohama race. is a pretty boring race. Yep. This year, far from it. I got on my trainer on Sunday morning and granted I did fast forward a bit of the races because I wanted to fit Two races in two hours, uh, awesome racing though so definitely watch the females race first uh, because you hear about the result during the males race which was a bit of a spoiler if you'd watched it the wrong way around but there was intrigue all the way through the race because um, coming out of the swim there was a bit of a little bit of a breakaway at the front but there's only a 15 second gap to uh, non-Stanford and a couple of the other really solid runners and if, and that was it. Fifteen seconds, boom! Race over for them uh, because really? the front group managed to organise themselves, and you j- just in the first lap, though. And
0: Stanford's of, a contender, isn't she?
1: She normally would have been, and there was one or two others that, if they'd made that bridge across, it would have been a, a probably would have been a bit more of a procession. As it turned out, front group got their shit together and started working together. I can't remember exactly. There probably it was probably about eight of them or so there there, maybe ten. And uh, worked together and then just drilled the rest of the field into submission, ended up with a two minute lead coming off the bike. And so you're thinking, Oh, okay, that might be the Katie's Zaverius show. But the other intrigue about the bike ride was summer cook, no summer Rappaport. she is now. She normally quite often gets dropped on the bike you're like what the hell are you doing getting dropped on the bike this time uh, big wide open streets she managed to hang in there and she's actually a fantastic runner so it was going to be very interesting going into the run seeing Katie Zaveris, who's just killing everybody this season uh, coming up against somebody who is a good runner uh, normally Katie Zaveras comes off the bike and is just plain sailing because nobody else in the front group can run with her uh, and so these two females uh, Rappaport and Zaveras just went head to head on the run and it was game on and I will say that desire beats ability on this occasion really? because I was thinking some rapport would have it. But Kay Zaveris was just tough as bloody old boots. And uh, with about eight hundred to go, just dropped, just put the surge in and some rapport. She was so stoked to be second, she didn't have that fight for the win. She oh, was she really? was elated to be second and uh, different mindset. I think she could have taken it, but good on her for getting back on because she's had a pretty shitty uh, last 12 months or so. And
0: does she have a history?
1: She's won a World Cup race. She, she, her history is, uh, came through a few years ago, and you're thinking she's the next big thing, um, but she's just crap on the bike. Oh, uh, really? Great swimmer, great runner, crap on the bike. And that's the area you think most people can develop. Mm. Uh, and she she hasn't, and I, I'm sure it's through no... not not through uh, any lack of trying, Mm. she's just rubbish on the bike. Uh, So good on her for getting back second. My time's clicking away, Bevan. The men's race was also also awesome. Uh, Really spread out on the run. Similar sort of scenario on the bike because there was a few small gaps and boom, the front group got away. There was probably about 12 of them, and then they put a minute into the big second group which had most of the runners, except for Mola who got shut out again. He was off the back and had no chance whatsoever. Well, on the bike? Yep, out of the swim. So he was—he just missed the second group and so I don't know how many minutes, he was a couple of minutes down off the bike, had no chance. And then we had a great battle on the run between uh, Gomez Vincent, Louis, Henry, Schumann, and a new fella—I can't remember his name—from Hungary. And one thing that they didn't do on the run is give Gomez any credit. He was—he was there until a K to go. But then I was going shit because uh, he did long course two weeks ex- ago. Exactly he did another my point. Last week, didn't he, he? He did long course two weeks ago. I think, and that guy still got some fatigue in his legs, and he's still right there. And he did get dropped in the last K. But you got to think, he's had quite a bit of racing. So Gomez is back. And this course was uh, significantly easier than... Um, did he do a, didn't he do a race as well? He did a half marathon before the, before uh, no, Bermuda. Wasn't, he, was, wasn't there an ITU race? Yeah, he did Bermuda. And he came down to a sprint finish there. So Gomez is back in the game in terms of ITU stuff. So wow. good on him. Uh, so great racing. Re- really, really solid. Especially when you, it often comes down to a um, bit of a bore fest over there. And great to see that the bike... So he took it. Uh, so Vincent Louis took it uh, with a surge just towards the end, but yeah, lots of intrigue and great to see just solid hard racing, swimming hard, splitting the field up, smashing the bike and then just a head-to-head run. Uh, the one other thing that came out of the run is a young British fella, Alex Yee, uh, if he can just swim a little bit quicker, he's going to just kill everybody, he's just Head and shoulders above uh, on the run. The the other thing I would say about the Olympics. Where did he come in? He came in about fifth, ran up from the second group, fastest Mm. run split of the day. But the one thing it's going to be quite interesting to see how everybody reacts is going into Japan, it's going to be very, very hot. There you go, that's my five minutes. So I think uh, in Japan, whilst you have all your favourites, and I'm tempted to pick Alex Yee to win. Really? uh, Wow. Yeah. How people handle the heat is going to be quite interesting because it's going to be really really hot and that could affect some athletes
0: so well i think the thing is without talking about any results it's it's nice to know we can have an interesting race on that course
1: three different well no three men's uh races uh, in the itu circuit so far Mm -hmm. three different winners yeah so it's yes the thing you go into each race now and you go i don't know who's going to win Yep, Which is cool. good for the sport, isn't yeah. it? And I know we're still <coughs> doing ITU, so you guys that have tuned back in, uh, we've, we've covered Yokohama. For those that haven't, there was also a World Cup race, and why this is interesting Alisa was... Alistair Brownlee. Alistair Brownlee took it out. <laughs> now, I don't think this result is going to be scaring the bejesus out of anybody, because uh, yes, he won a uh, very close finish, and Sophie Caldwell won the females race, and it was in Cal- Cag- Cagliari. Uh, but Brownlee, you know, normally just dominating you know you just expect yep. him to just crush most races uh, ended up being a sprint finish sprint is not his forte uh, and the field that he was up against it's you know they're good athletes i'm not disputing that they're, they're they're not crap or anything like that but they're not sort of top five itu guys and he only won in the sprint finish so good to see him back uh, and back on top but if i was another itu athlete i'd be going yeah he's not too much of a factor yet Maybe later on, but not yet. Certainly. Well, it's funny
0: because I was looking for the results for the ITU. They made it really hard to find the results this week um, for Yokohama. And I found that result and I said, like, oh, he's back. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's back. And then I looked down the list and I was like, I don't know those names. then yeah. <laughs> I realised it was a World Cup. Yes. Yeah. Okay, John, we've got discussion of the week. And last week we kind of had a great sentence starter. And it was, uh, finish the sentence. You know you are taking the bike too seriously when... And John, you can go first. No, you can go first. Okay, good old Ben Boyd. He's got, uh, you go out and buy a cubit bike. <laughs> huh. That bike is going fast. It's smoking. I
1: crushed it last week. It even goes fast on the trainer. I did a 20-minute TT last week, smashed it out of the park. Uh, I was only two watts off a of personal best, and... I was like n- about seven or eight beats below what I was when I did my personal best. So, even on the train of that bike's fast, That's I am looking forward to racing that. can. Right, Bevan, you do another one because my Facebook page is still loading. Okay, someone actually emailed me one, but you okay. okay. uh, uh,
0: We've got old uh, Julian uh, Squartz has got uh, the circle in the parking lot twice at the end of your ride to get that extra minute in for even six hours.
1: Have you done that? Well, I've only done things like that on Epic Camp just because you've got to get uh, a distance yep. to get the points. Uh, Aaron Morgan says an aero helmet on the trainer in erg mode. Good luck to you if anybody does that. Uh, Arnold Sulikov, you don't ride without looking uh, at numbers and putting it on Strava.
0: You keep riding because I want someone to email me once. You
1: keep doing it. Uh Iona McKenzie, you fly 2,000 kilometres with your power pedals and wrenches to your job in a remote Arctic mine just so you can still Zwift on a spin bike. Volca uh, the vascular viking. You avoid group rides with your mates as they don't suit your training plan. It's a hobby, not a profession.
0: So have fun with you guys. Good old Jax Nunes has got, um, I know I'm taking my bike too seriously when my training kits are what is supposed to be on race day only kits. And the socks, hairband, lip balm, and Garmin watch match. An effort to make at least 30 minutes, uh, 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 an effort that can take up to 30 minutes to be sorted beforehand. I just need to get out there and get it done.
1: Joe Skipper, you ride inside all the time as it's more efficient rather than going outside and enjoying
0: a good ride. Good old Mark Funky Brooks, <coughs> sorry, Funkster Brooks has got to quit an ex-girlfriend. You ride that turbo more than you ride me. That's <laughs> the winner.
1: <laughs> no, I like Rob, Rob Uh You see uh, you see your ride as being a waste of time, maybe even heading home, because your power meter or heart rate battery has gone flat. That's good. That was my
0: favourite. Uh, uh, Greg Howells, uh, you can be happily averaging 200 watts on a two- or three-hour trainer ride, but get, get overtaken by grannies at the supermarket in the staircase. Uh. I will do one more. Uh, good old uh, Michael. Oh, no, Brian Durkison, Ford. has go. got any time it makes you miss a run.
1: Brian Ford, when you use different types of trainers depending on the workout, i.e. use rollers, I use rollers 90% of my riding, but those head down hard sessions are for the turbo. So some good comments there. I do think for, for me... It's that, and I mentioned this last week, getting really angry on the bike. If I just get held up for two seconds and I lose two watts, you've just got to chill out. And sometimes your average power might just be a little bit lower because you've had a few uh, interruptions. My, I've got to say, my patience got severely tested at the weekend,
0: Bevan. Why? Doing, you don't have very good patience at the best of times.
1: Oh, come on. <laughs> I was doing a 90-kilometre uh ride at half I Ironman effort, and I was getting severely pissed off with our roads, because we've got pretty crappy roads in places, and when you're not riding hard, it's okay, you can kind of just deal with it, but when you're sort of riding 35 to 40 k's an hour, just getting bounced all over the place, A, I was going mental at the roads. so then that got me sort of on edge, and then I did one hill climb during this ride, I went up uh, Evans Pass which is we've got quite a steep climb and then on the other side it's this gentle downhill into a place called Littleton and you can get on your bars and it's only just recently opened up a few weeks ago and you can just let rip yep. and, I, and I, last two times I've done it I've been held up by traffic and today I, this time I really wanted to gun it and I checked there was no cars in front of me I had yep, a really good like, clear gun. run and I was gunning I was halfway down going pretty good and then caught up to this car, and I shit you not, this car was going 30 kilometres an hour downhill, which is 20 miles an hour. I was losing it big time. Uh, and then I did have to just calm myself down. But that's what I, where I've got to chill out a bit, is just sometimes, if your watts are dropping because of roundabouts, because of traffic, traffic lights, etc., just got to chill out a bit.
0: But when you think about that for your overall average, because in a kills race... it. Yeah, but in a race, you've got to confront roundabouts, corners yes you
1: do but you don't yeah in, in, in most races you're really you're not having to slow down too much you know you're not having to come to a standstill and and oh, for people, for people no. who haven't ridden with power before when you come to a standstill you lose quite a few watts within seconds uh, unless you've got your power set to um, different settings and what have you but for most of us it just goes, pops, drops down and you're like man I worked really hard for that <laughs> and uh, it's got to ruin my Strava yeah
0: so there you go <laughs> Me for when I took it too seriously, it was it was yeah it was just on epicamp when when mm. I had I think I had seven or eight bloody saddle sores mm. and 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 unfortunately someone gave me some cream which was meant to help saddle sores it made it worse oh my god mm-hmm. it was like putting oh it was it was basically like putting ditto on your bloody saddle sores or bleach <laughs> on your saddle sores it was so bad and I I was trying this cream and it was making it worse it was because basically what what ended up happening was. There was only one position I could sit my butt on, on the saddle. Yeah. Because the, the, the navigation of the saddle swords. So I was in so much pain. And then I tried this cream, made it worse. Good old Vaseline was the solution. Oh, uh, yeah. Vaseline's gold. Vaseline? But yeah, no, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for me. John, we're not going to do a discussion for the next few weeks because we are doing a lot of pre-recorded shows coming up, so we'll get back to the discussion in a week once we get back into the show. John, let's do sponsor.
1: Extreme Insurance. Lactic Buffer. I was slamming down that immune boost last week. Where I, uh, yeah, last uh, last we, uh, Wednesday, went out for a run. I was, I was waiting to go out for a run with Tyrone in the afternoon. Didn't do it during the day. It was quite reasonable weather during the morning, and then uh, the weather packed in. I don't know if you remember that day where it really got windy and packed in. Oh my god! <laughs> it was the Monday. Thought, it was the Monday. No, no, it was Wednesday. Monday. that was a Monday before, oh. uh, and then still went out for this run, and it was pretty crap. And we, I said, I oh, will go up the hill and see what it's like. And we're yeah. running up this track called Rapaki, and we. Almost got blown
0: to a standstill. Joe, actually, I think Joe went running the same day. Yeah. And she said she, yeah, she literally couldn't move.
1: And but we're, we're going to run up this hill and then do this little loop off to the side, a track called Montgomery Spur, which is a actually a mountain bike track. It's about three Ks long. So it's kind of like a, I don't know, 15 minute climb. 3K circuit, run back down, and then do some stuff on the flat. And I was running for an hour 45, and running up there into this headwind, hardly moving. But it wasn't really raining at this stage. so I thought, oh, let's just fight it out. We'll see how we go. And it looked like there was a the the, the, the look like it was clearing a little bit. So I said, let's keep go, going. And you get to that point where you kind of no man's land. You you. There's no point turning around because you're halfway around the circuit and then my God did it pack in. We were riding in this driving rain, we had to keep our heads down because it was just stinging your eyes oh. just about getting blown off the bloody side of the the hill uh, but we persevered and uh, we are both pretty bloody cold and then that was on Wednesday and then on Friday turned up at swimming, maybe it wasn't on Thursday, uh, anyway turned up at swimming, it was, well, it was Thursday and... Both, both said yeah I had a bit of a sniffle last night <laughs> started slamming the immune boost and no problems whatsoever but anyway the product I was going to talk about too today was joint 4, 4 proven ingredients at research dosages so they've got glucosamine, helps maintain joint health, they've got chondratin, which helps maintain joint health, they've got boswellia, which helps respond to inflammation, and MSM, which helps respond to inflammation. So if you're getting sore joints and you're getting to that time of life where you're going, I think I need to start looking after myself a little bit better. Check it out, it gets gets you a month's supply of joint four for only $34.95 if you get on the XND program if you're in the States, then uh, you can get a nice discount on that. The dosage, you take three in the morning, three in the evening for a month, and then you can dial it down a little bit after 30 days, and you just take three capsules uh, once a day with the meals, and look after your joints. We've all heard all those sort of buzzwords like glucosamine, really make a big difference in terms of looking after yourself.
0: And also so, for the ageing athlete. Yes. You know, especially if you've been a runner in the past, you know, joints do have, get, take a bit of a beating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything you can do to look after it's got to help.
1: So check it out, xendurance.com or you've got the EU websites or .co.uk.
0: Here we go, xendurance.com. John, I'm going to put some music on. Old good old Terry Crow sent through Tim Ballantyne at Port Macquarie 70.3 last weekend. Tim Ballantyne won the age group of 30 to 34 in a time of four hours, 19 minutes, with an average run split of 121 to beat second place by two seconds. That's good work. Yes. Also, he finished second overall for the 70.3 beaten by a guy in the 18 to 24 age group. Awesome racing.
1: He swam twenty seven oh eight, rode a two twenty seven, and ran a two twenty one forty four. A one twenty one. A one twenty one twenty four for four nineteen forty four. So good work. He picked up three thousand five hundred points for the AWA uh, ranking. So good on him. And one thing that I just want to point out there: a, it's a really good run split, and uh, it's always good to win, especially by two seconds. Oh my God. But it goes just it really rams home how important it is with wave starts that. you you've just got to slam it all the way to the finish and because uh, these guys would not have been uh, highly unlikely I imagine you would have would known have, eh you would, wouldn't have no they wouldn't have been in a head to head
0: sprint so you just got to go See, for it only down for the race start mm. is for those at the top end of the field mm. it does suck because you don't really know who you're racing mm. whereas if you knew the guy up the road Yep. and For both, a.e. if you're the guy up the road And your mates say mate there's a guy behind you mm-hmm. Or vice versa, mate chase the guy up the road yeah. It takes you to another level doesn't it It
1: does, I much prefer wave starts um, so yeah. I'd love to see some stats on Breaking it into waves a bit better I know there's pros and cons To
0: every different way you're going to do things Or you have wave starts for certain levels And then you have a rolling start at the end
1: Yeah. Did you do that? I, I, I think it would work
0: yeah, I think, I'm sure you could make it work. Well, you have, like, 15 different rave starts, or 10, yeah. you know, whatever, and then at the end, all the people want to go on a rolling start, you've got mm. half an hour to get in the water.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, the only complication would be if somebody goes, I'm going to go on the rolling start at the end. Uh, but maybe you
0: say you're not competitive then. Yeah,
1: have, have competitive group, non-competitive. Yeah. Parti- yeah, but I just think, yeah. Because it it's got does to be a bit take away, that little, No,
0: no, good on Tim, he yeah. did it, but... You know, it's it's also I don't know. It just it takes away that competitive moment. Mm. You know, no, I totally agree. It's totally a different agree. game, different game. Well, Tim Ballantyne, you are our hero of the week. week. John we've got an interview coming up. Good old Laura Sadel, local legend.
1: She is uh, one of the all-time favourite athletes. Uh, I think globally, almost yep. wherever you go people love Laura she's a massive massive fan favorite here in Christchurch mainly just because she's a really nice person yeah, and yeah. just engages with everybody knows everybody knows everybody's she's names. not a doctor
2: is she
0: sorry she's not a doctor she's not a doctor no well no cuz we last year remember on oh yeah on the on the bloody athletes profiles, they yeah. gave a few do- I think Joe, Joe Skipper, Skipper was a doctor, doctor as well yeah. yeah and Laura was a doctor and I was like I, I thought she was because I just read it as Laura. I, was, oh, I didn't realise she was a doctor. Yeah.
1: And she's so an engineer. There you go. Maybe she's, she's a doctor probably bright, She's probably, she bright enough to probably go and get a doctor if she really wants to. There you go.
0: So here is Laura Sadell.
1: Righty ho, team. Uh, Laura Sadeau is on the show. You've just heard the intro on uh, what a, a legend she is in our local community. People, <laughs> people love her, and uh, we know wherever she goes in the world, she's always a crowd favourite. And for a number of us, we were watching uh, Ironman Australia coverage, which I thought they did a good job on Ironman of covering uh, both the males and the females race, and uh, an epic battle over there. So welcome
0: back to the show, uh, Laura.
2: Thanks for having me on guys. It's good to uh good to talk to you
0: again. random question. You're not a doctor, are you? No. <laughs> I'm
2: not a doctor, no. No, because what we're just talking that?
0: about before before we push record how in wrote last year they had doctor next to your I, name. And they had it next to Joe God, Skipper I as well. Was professor. Oh I professor, was professor, there you go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so you're not a professor. I'm- I'm not a professor either. No, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it was quite amusing. So
1: we've got to rewind a few weeks. Um, in terms of, your, I guess, in the New Zealand summer. You know, you're based in Christchurch um, over the summer for for people that don't know that, which is where Bevan and I are based. Um, and it's fair to say you probably had a, by your standards, not the most amazing summer. You know, I know when you finished Challenge Wanaka, you said to me uh, you're just starting to warm up with about a k to go on the run, and and Ironman New Zealand didn't necessarily. Go go uh your way as well so going into Ironman Australia you know where was your your head I guess and and where was your heart going into the race as well
2: um yeah at very low point to be honest um yeah I hadn't had the performances that I'd wanted in Wanaka and New Zealand and Ironman New Zealand and was really it really knocked me confidence wise and um yeah, it was feeling pretty low, feeling pretty unsure um, in a bit of a, oh, I don't know, hard to describe, not really sure what to expect going into Ironman Australia and um, sort of a few questions and doubts. I, I knew, that, like, the tra- training was going well and it had been going well into Wanaka in New Zealand and I think that was kind of the frustrating that there was just this not, um, no connection or, or from the training to the race. And so even though, again, it was had been going well leading into Ironman Australia, I kind of couldn't see the positives in that and then was turning everything into a negative as well. And so I was in sort of this down, this sort of spiral of not being able to pick out on the confidence of going, well, actually the numbers are good and you're running well and you're riding well and that sort of thing. So have that faith and belief that it will transfer. Um, and I think because of it not, connecting and transferring in Wanaka in New Zealand that was kind of lingering again of going oh what if it just happens again so yeah I wasn't in a great place going into Ironman Australia
1: does it I mean your swim is is always going to be your weakness and and I know you came you're going to be down and coming out of the swim regardless but I seem to recall that you're I just remember seeing in Torsten's stats, I think your number was red, which means it was worse than predicted. I mean, what's your mindset coming out of the swim? Do you even look at the bloody times or care where everybody else is, or is it just a case of getting the swim done and getting onto the bike and and, and sort of doing your race? So I guess my question is, where where were you at coming out of the swim?
2: Um, yeah, that's funny because I think actually I swam the same time as last year. I mean, Port Macquarie tends to be a relatively quick swim, Mm -hmm. um I think I swam around 55 I'd probably normally say I'm guessing the 57 or 58s would or where I feel I should be um wasn't the case early in the year but uh no it's I I don't look at the time I don't have my watch um going during the swim so I purely judge it on how far you know when I can get a split to the front of the race to how far I am behind Mm. um I did think I find it hard in a swim, not being a swimmer by background, I really find it hard to judge how well I'm swimming. You know, I could be swimming what I think is well and then come out with a really slow time, which was kind of the, the feeling I had in Taupo, or um, I can be thinking I'm having a not, not a great swim, but actually I'm moving pretty well. And so I, I don't have that concept of being able to work out where I am. I, I did think during the race that um, – it can't have been that good a swim because the age group men did seem to catch me earlier than I did. They did in the previous year, from what I remember. Yeah. I can't remember if the start times were different, but yeah, I mean, I was running. I remember um, swimming back towards the weir, which you have to climb up and over to go back over it, and just seeing on the other side like the splashing and the, the arms and every limbs going full flow, flow, coming the other direction of all the age groupers and going shit, they're not that far behind and I've still got so far to swim. Um, but no, when I get out of the water, it's kind of just get onto the bike. Uh, and I had the mindset going into the race that I knew Caroline and Kelsey would be swimming off the front and there was no chance I'd be able to swim with them. I knew that I was probably the next swimmer in the group and so it was likely to be a solo, a solo swim and that it just literally had to be – I just had to do my best. 3.8 K and swim as well as I could. And then get out of the swim, get onto the bike and start getting about it then and hoping the time wasn't too huge a gap to try and make inroads in. Just, just to
0: take a step back, you, you hadn't had the best first part of the year, you know, it was kind of emotionally getting to you. How do you what, what do you do in that case to turn yourself around to make sure you can still be in the right place to give yourself a chance of good performance?
2: Yeah. And, and and that last bit you said there is like to just give myself a chance of a good performance. So that week, even the week leading into the race, um, I was having to really dig quite deep and use sort of all the methods and toolbox that you can draw upon to get myself just into a place that um, I would give myself the best opportunity on the day um and the thing for me as well knowing caroline was racing i just wanted, and and the fact that it was going out on um facebook watch and an iron man now and and it had that live coverage i just wanted it to be a competitive race i just wanted to make a race of it i just Mm. partly for the, the the women's side of the sport i just didn't want it to be caroline up the road and the rest of us sort of just trailing in ones and twos behind and so but yeah, to get myself to that place took a lot of. Um, I mean, like, yeah, writing, trying to, trying to pull on the confidence of going. Your numbers have been there in training, so you've got to believe that. And on the day, you've just got you know just get, give yourself the best chance to just have the best race and try not to judge anything that's happened before it's a new day go out and enjoy it um uh, yeah and try yeah I mean it was hard I can't even sort of it's hard to describe what I did to put myself in that position I I mean I I tend to throw myself into the pre-race activities and I think that did help as a semi-distraction as well for me so I wasn't in a space of overthinking and having too much time to think about the race so um I was involved in the women for try did a swim with them which I thought was quite ironic as well given my swim background that they <laughs> wanted me to take the swim but that was all right and then we had like a Q&A and then you know I went down to the kids race and just kind of tried to meet up with friends and people that I'd met over the year over the last couple of years who were racing there and and tried to appreciate the race from all those elements as well. Just, just one question: you,
0: you, you, you made an interesting comment there. Being live on Facebook did motivate you.
2: Um, it motivated me because I, well, motivated or put another, I just, I, I, I didn't want it to all be about the men's race, and I wanted the women to show that we can have a good race and you know it was a smaller start field um and I it was the fact I just want to make it competitive and give Caroline a run for her money and make it more interesting for the the viewer watching the race yeah that that was in my head in the days and and stuff leading in and I think that that came from my lack of confidence in my performance and ability at that time of going, yeah, I, I just want to be able to give it a crack and, and at least try and make a race of it.
1: Oh, well, you certainly did that and the, the the beauty for us viewers was it was a good uh, it was a very different race on the men's and females uh, race, but it was both were pretty captivating so um, on the bike you know when you, when you're riding along are you, are you biking to win or are you, you're purely biking to to your numbers?
2: So um, I for this race, I completely split. So the, the, the good thing, Port Macquarie, you can kind of break the course up into segments, which is quite good. It worked well for me this year in doing that. And I totally kind of split it up into segments. And during those segments was just trying to take myself back to a training ride and going, I know I can hit these numbers for 10 minutes. So for the next 10 minutes, that's what I'm going to focus on or whatever Section it was, and so right. So I know down to the next town, let's just try and sit at those numbers I've been doing in training. And then when I got to the next town, it was like, right, well, the terrain's a bit more varied here, so it's going to be harder to hold the numbers. So let's just ride it well and hard as we can. So that was more the focus on the bike. I knew that over the first bit of the bike, I think actually Caroline kind of pulled away a little bit from me and I think got to sort of eight minutes away. But I knew that then Kelsey was sort of in between the two of us, and I was making ground and time up to to catch Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: And I guess uh, fast forwarding on to the, the run. So, for people that didn't follow the race, um, Laura caught up to Caroline Stephan uh, coming off the bike, uh, had a round. But they
2: missed the best bit. They missed the take. They missed the pass I on didn't... the live coverage. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't yeah. see that.
1: I, was, I was more <laughs> focused on the, on the run. Uh, so, no, I didn't see yeah. that. But for people. They... Hit.
2: exactly on, on Matthew Flinders hill which is like the iconic hill in Port Macquarie we're like literally going up the hill side by side and just got in front of her at the top but it, they had switched on the Facebook coverage yeah. after all that Anyway, on the run. <laughs> Overall,
1: they did. It. I thought they did a pretty good, cover, no, pretty good coverage. Compared yeah, yeah. to other races, they, totally. they were good. Totally, yeah, But yeah. Um, you're on the run, so you have a minute lead to start the run, and then Caroline yeah. catches up to you at some stage. Again, we're talking a lot about you know, mindset here. But yep. what was it like when you get caught up to her? Uh, you no, know, she catches up to you. What's going through your mind when she when she pulls up next year?
2: Um, I I couldn't believe it. Like. As in, um, so I knew she was running quicker than me over the first part of the run, and I knew that she would probably catch me and run through me. And again, at that point, my mindset was like, do you know what? I gave it a crack. I made it into a bit of a race. I've come off in the lead. Whatever happens now will happen. I'll, you know, just try and run freely, relax, enjoy as much as you can the marathon. And I knew she was gaining on me, but the longer it took her to get to catch me, I was like, okay, well, she wasn't. She's not running that much quicker than me because it's sort of taking that bit longer, and it was really weird when when she pulled up on my shoulder, I just fell into her rhythm, or to like just straight away, and we just ended up then hitting stride for stride in in the run, and so I was kind of just a little bit off her shoulder, just behind, but would I was just in her rhythm, which, and I just it was actually like oh okay. She hasn't just run through me; she hasn't run past me. We're running together now, and like again, there's all that sort of the media around, and I was just like, "This is freaking awesome!" Like, and I was looking across, going, "That's Caroline Stefan," and I'm running stride for stride with her, and I was like, "I'll just see how long this lasts, and just enjoy it while it lasts, and see what happens." And I had no idea; I didn't know whether we'd get a K down the road, and my legs would go or she'd surge and pull away and, and so it was just uh, wow, this is an incredible experience and let's just make the most of it for however long it yeah, however long it lasts.
1: And it lasted for quite a while. I, I can't remember off the top of my head how long you guys did run together. Um, and I, again, I, I missed the, pass, the part where you actually did pull so, away, which I think was on yeah, a, so a did the camera <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I missed I went, all the glory moments. I right. know. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> so w- was it a case more of you increasing your effort or was it a case of Caroline fading a little bit or a combination yeah. of the two?
2: yeah probably a combination so it was on a section so the court the run course gets quite narrow at times so even though we were sort of running side by side there are a few times that I'd had to go I ran in front of her to to like a click to get a clear path through an aid station or on some of the narrower bits when when it gets quite busy and it was we'd come around the back of the finish chute and there's a bit of a, a climb up before you hit where all the tri clubs are and and so it's a bit of a hill and at that point I was in front of her um, and I actually was thinking when I ran up the hill, I was like, oh, it's not, it's not the position I want to be in. I wanted to have a bit of a look to see how she was running. Um, but I didn't want to then drop behind her either. So I was like, well, you're in front of her now. Just run run well and run strongly up the hill and, and then see what, you know, see what happens at the top. And when I got to the top of the hill, actually somebody from the side sort of shouted out saying, oh, you've you've got a gap on her and you've dropped her or she's walking or something like that. And then the road kind of does a little bit of a descent. So I was like, well, let's just see, you know, all relatively, I think I thought I might have put a surge in on that downhill to try and get a bit more distance. But again, it could have been more perceived effort than actual effort of of increasing the pace. Mm -hmm. Um, And just didn't look back and just thought, let's, you know, eyes forward, if she catches me again, we'll sort of deal with it when it happens again. So it wasn't a conscious surge from me but there was a conscious effort to run well up the hill if that makes sense mm. how
0: much energy does it does that moment give you you know when you're in a race shoulder to shoulder you realize you've just put a bit of a gap on still a bit of work to be done but is it what's the energy like at that moment
2: yeah i mean it was yeah I mean, we'd still got three laps to go so mm. i was kind of like yeah you, you get a buzz and you're suddenly like oh you know i didn't That wasn't necessarily a conscious effort, yet I've managed to get a gap. So, okay, we'll just try and consolidate on that, keep looking forward. And, yeah, just still pretty conscious of going, oh, shit, I've still got got three laps to go and Mm. anything. Yeah, exactly, anything could happen. Um, And I almost still fully expected her to run back up onto my shoulder and and run through and overtake me again. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is – you get that bit of a buzz, but then you're still going to be like, no, it's 30k to go, and we've got to just get one foot in front of the other.
1: So at the finish, you know, you're clearly very emotional. You, you it seems like you had executed a, a really, really good race and had a had a duel, which which makes it often even more special. Um, so that was brilliant. But how did it actually compare to your previous performances, like on a on a numbers basis? Was it the best you've done? Was it about the same? Um, yeah, how did it sort of rank?
2: Um, on a numbers basis, um, it was one of my better performances on the bike, um, which is good, like there's been this disparity between training and racing, so it was that gap was smaller. Um, so I was kind of pleased around elements of that. The run, performance-wise, I was a little bit disappointed. I felt I was running better than the pace and the time at the end of it sort of showed. I mean, if I look at the overall time, it was slower than the year before, but then it was different, different weather. It, you know, it was a lot windier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that element, um, you know, I'd probably think that when I raced Roth a couple of years ago and came second, I think that it was probably, I don't know, an overall better performance, but from a emotional whole package Performance it ranks pretty highly just Mm -hmm. from, um, yeah, where I was coming from the past few months and leading into the race, um, and yeah, I think having that battle and being able to run side by side but then pull away and that sort of thing was was kind of up there with. I mean, I think I said you know that I I had my first full distance win in in Ironman Australia three years ago, and that was incredibly special coming off the back of sort of a load of those second places. Mm. And this win this year was kind of up there with that very first win feeling of just a relief and a release and all that kind of emotion that had built up, yeah.
0: Like, it was a really important win for many reasons. What, what, What would have happened if maybe you hadn't had a good day? Like, what happens for the rest of your year? Um <laughs> yeah, you know, what yeah. happens in that moment?
2: Um, there'd have been a lot of reassessing about what I was doing race wise and stuff for the rest of the year, I think. Um uh, I mean even those thoughts were going through my head while I was racing anyway. <laughs> um, just in terms of yet yeah, what, what are the races I want to do or don't want to do and, and that sort of thing. Um Yeah, I mean I mean the stupid thing is ultimately it probably wouldn't have changed anything. Um and that's kind of where you look at psychologically of going, yeah what what does it change if you win, what does it change if you don't win, and what does what changes on a good performance and bad performance, and ultimately, there's not a huge amount that's different. you know, life still goes on, the sun still rises, kind of thing in simple terms, so but yeah, I think I would have I mean it probably wouldn't I would have been in a pretty dark place if it hadn't have gone well. Um, and um, it would have taken a lot of, probably yeah, just reassessing goals and what I want out of the year and that sort of thing, and and and, and racing and where that, what direction that's probably going in.
1: So I, I noticed uh, that you, it looks like you did take your Kona slot. So what's the rest of the year look like, <laughs> and um, and, and and beyond this year as well? Have you sort of got plans on on where you want to take things?
2: Um, yeah, so the rest of the year, I'll so I'll race uh, Roth again or challenge Roth yes. um, in beginning of July, um, and then the main aim for the, my race, which has always been the case for this year, um, is actually Ironman Wales right. in September.
1: Yeah.
2: So I, I've never raced, never raced in the UK, um, <laughs> uh, not as a professional, yeah. even though I'm British. So it is kind of. Because I do feel I'm probably in the last few years of my career, but there is no – I haven't put a timeline on it. Um, I feel I want to do a race in the UK while I get that chance um, having not not raced there. So, yeah, Ironman Wales has always been on the the calendar, and that will stay on even though I've now taken the Kona slot and Kona Falls four weeks later. Um, So, yeah, so I'll do Ironman Wales and then Kona, and then at the end of the year hopefully going over to the new race in – south africa challenge cape town
1: nice very good Ah, uh, wales would be a great race for you on the bike
2: yeah yeah i'm pretty excited yeah, yeah i've heard a lot of good things about it so yeah are you worried about how it affect
0: your kona like how do we manage that
2: yeah i mean it's my love-hate relationship with kona isn't it um <laughs> yeah it's it's so I, I did madrid last year which is three weeks before kona um and that, Probably was quite short, but also with the type of race Madrid was. Wales is four weeks before. I think I will be a bit smarter about how I manage the four weeks in between Wales and Kona. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably tried to do a few other things last year between Madrid and and Kona with travel and that sort of thing, which may not have particularly helped recovery and training. So I'll try to be a bit smarter with that, but. Um, yeah, and, and also try and have a, <laughs> and I say this now, and it's easy to say it, a more relaxed approach into Kona and maybe that same attitude that I went into Port Macquarie of going, it, you know, it, it will be what it will be. Um, I've got, I'm going there, I won't be one of the favourites, that sort of thing, and just try and, I think for me, it would be to just get a semi-reflective performance in Kona but obviously, knowing that that's coming off the back of racing Wales four weeks before. <laughs> Fantastic. So, if yeah. people
1: want to follow you and, and your travels and journeys, what's the best way for them to follow you?
2: Uh, Instagram is probably good, LM Sid. Um, Facebook, I've got personal page or athlete page, but try and sort of share posts on that. And Twitter, LM Sid All. I do have a website, but it's in desperate need of updating. So <laughs> <laughs> the, blog, the blog goes up on the website, and that's kind of kept up to date and that sort of thing. But the rest of the website needs a, a bit of work to do.
1: Fantastic. Oh, yeah. We'd love to, love to hear from you, and all the Christchurch people will love to hear from you as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing you kicking butt in Rotunda uh, and in Wales and then on to Kona. So have a great second half of the year.
2: Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, it's good. It seems a bit funny talking to you from (laughs) sitting in Spain when uh, months living living around the corner from you guys. (laughs) But no, I um, I miss Christchurch already and all the people there. It was a good. It was a good. Whilst the racing and the performances might not have gone well this year, I had a real good time connecting with everyone, and and I always love seeing all the all the locals out and about. So yeah, sending hello, saying hello back to everyone back there. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. You're a bloody star. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And we are back, and that's
0: Laura Siddell. She's no, no, she's not a doctor. She's not a professor, but she's a bloody good athlete. She is indeed. Any thoughts, John? You can't complain
1: when you win. Well, you, you can complain. You can always complain, but three, three wins in a row at Ironman Australia, and just, um, yeah, it's cool when you get those races where you've gone head-to-head and you've executed pretty much as well as you can, and you've come out on top. So well, nice Well, I
0: just found it fascinating also that she – had the um the the the, the motivator i mean live stuff
1: oh and you got a tv camera and shit on you filming you as you're going along and yeah. you don't want you know more people be watching and you as she said you want to make a good performance of it shit if I, if I was getting filmed racing i guarantee your own technique's going to improve a little bit yep. and of the of the very very few times it's ever happened to me in a race you're definitely going a bit quicker when you're following behind a lead vehicle in a race yeah, you can get a bit carried away sometimes.
0: Well, it's, it can be an advantage and a disadvantage, can't That's it? That's true. Yeah learning to control it. Okay, uh, let's do winger of the week, John.
1: Winger of the week. I managed to finish sixty six last week with 13 hours and 57 minutes of training. I think all my training got uploaded last week. But anyway, coming out on top last week, uh, she's been there before, Jenny Welsh, she was on top. I was going to pick, we we'll go 33rd, who's, who's the 33rd this week was uh, Flo Helg. He did 16 hours and 35 minutes of training. And the other one that was right up there, I saw in the top five. We're going to be naming him as one of our new patrons later on in the show Scott Bavel he did 20 hours and 42 minutes of training 4 hours and 42 minutes on the bike 11 hours and 4 minutes on the run and 4 hours 55 minutes so you made the top 10 Scott good work questions Questions and answers answers. we've got
0: some feedback from a few listeners around what's been happening in Ultraman Australia and there seems to be a few Few issues.
1: Well, no, yes. So, so I did my research initially and then we got some I- info in because last week I was mentioning that the branding on i uh, Ultraman Australia still kind of says Ultraman Australia, but most of the marketing kind of went goes UM. UM yeah. But the website is Ultraman uh, Australia and, and it's, it was quite inconsistent. So I had a bit of a look around and when I went on to the Ultraman Hawaii website, which is again where it gets confusing again because <laughs> there's ultramanlive.com, which is the old. Website from the 19, 1962, I think they put it up. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, it really is. But it was, <laughs> it was
0: actually put up before the internet existed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, but then they've also got Ultraman Worlds, which is their new website, okay. which is better, but not all the information's on there. So that, that's a bit confusing. I get they are moving across the new one, but it wasn't particularly clear. But what it clearly does state is the three other licensed Iron Man events Ultraman. Uh, Ultraman events. Yep. Um, and that does not include uh, a bunch of others there's Canada um and there
0: Mexico Brazil Florida Spain Israel no they're, they're, so these Canada are the unbranded them. ones oh so what did you can say you've got Israel So which ones are the?
1: so so uh, I'll, I'll I'll take over here Bevan. so in Canada now this is where it gets even more confusing there's two ultramans there's the Ultra 520k canada.com yep and then a week later this is now the official ultraman canada.com. Mm. and I'm pretty sure it's at the same venue I think or very close to it both in Penticton so it basically, the bottom line is there seems to be um, misuse of the word Ultraman in events around the world and Ultraman Hawaii that clearly owned the word Ultraman are just starting to say, "Hey, come on, guys! You can't use our name um, for your events." They're sort of trying to enforce it, but they probably they don't have the money like Iron Man do to no, go but around the and is, lay it down. Problem
0: is, with branding, um, if you own a brand name, you actually have to defend it, and then mm. if you don't defend it legally, you actually lose the right of the name. Okay, and so I can't remember there was an issue a few years ago around. Can't remember what brand it was, but they got a lot of strife because people were like, You're picking on the small guy. And I was like, Actually, we have to. Right. Because if we don't legally defend ourselves, we actually lose the right of our name. Mm. So, yeah. And as you say, I can't imagine Ultraman, the original Ultraman, has a huge amount of money for legal fees.
1: Yeah. And what they did do on their Facebook page in 2017, because initially Ultraman Australia had a three year licensing deal. So yep. it was an official Ultraman. Um, but then they failed to renew that. Um, And then Ultraman uh, Hawaii, the Ultraman World Championships said they'd like to announce that due to Australia race organisers choosing not to sign our standard licence agreement, the event that was known as Ultraman Australia is no longer a sanctioned Ultraman event. The board of the Ohana Loa uh, hopes to remodel the and continue in an Australian event in the future to ensure the quality of its foundation and the values of the Ultraman brand. And that's where the other challenge comes in for Ultraman. These other events calling themselves Ultramans around the world, if they're not to a, a satisfactory standard, yeah. it hurts their brand as well. Totally. So I, I kind of get it, but they don't seem to be enforcing it with a real... Iron Fist, Uh, so Ultraman Australia is not an official Ultraman, what that means is if you do want to go to Hawaii, there's only a couple of events where you can, not so much qualify but you need to do in order to get into Hawaii. So
0: so you can't just register for Hawaii nowadays?
1: Well I don't think, I think you can but I think it's, um, you improve your chances significantly if you've done a Ultraman uh, branded event. So the
0: Hawaiian race still isn't all qualified athletes?
1: You don't. You never qualify. It's invitation only, but you need to have done an Ultraman event.
0: Oh, okay. So okay. Mm. okay.
1: So it's pretty murky waters out there, and it sounds like if you're in that world, it's even uh, there is a bit of bitch fighting going on, and it's not great. But there are quite a lot of. There's more Ultraman races than I had thought. There's. there's ultra-distance races, as, as Bevan said, there's Australia, there's Israel, uh, there is uh, one in Spain, Brazil, Mexico, um, obviously in Hawaii, a couple in Canada now, in Florida, but only a few of them are sort of official sanctioned races. During my research, I did also find that the crew that seemed to be a lot more organised and united is the um, the, the sort of decker community where you're doing multiple races yep. on multiple days, and they've got their website Uh, I-U-T-A Sport, so the International Ultra Triathlon Association um, and that's .com and then they've got all their events listed up there um, and it's kind of like a World Cup circuit so they seem to be a lot more organised and, and united as well and I guess there's probably, there's no sort of brand as such, they're all kind of just calling themselves ultra-distance races.
0: we we got an email from Ben and he's he got. I was there at crewing in 2018, there are lots of people that didn't make the cut-off of the 12 hours per day, it's become an annual event for probably a third of the field, that have raced up to around three to six races of the events, they've mm. created a very good culture base for the community and supporting each other, not so much a competitive focus, they're like a big family, kind of a cult feel, in a good way.
1: Yeah, it is that, that you kind of get that feeling that it's... Um, you're not so much competing, it is completing, yeah. which is a bloody big challenge. It's not my cup of tea, but uh, I kind of get it. But it's, yeah, I think at the top end of a few of the races, uh, it is competing, but for most people,
0: completing. Okay, John, let's talk about patrons.
1: Yes, so I mentioned before he did really well on our Wanger of the Week. He was in 10th place on Strava in our group. Uh, my name is Scott Bavel. I'm a South African born now living in Brisbane, Australia. I'm studying IT at the university here in Brisbane and I'm very passionate about triathlons and the community within the sport. Um, you can follow him on... He's giving us all the tags. He's yeah, got Instagram. At
0: Scott Bevel on Instagram, S Bavel on Twitter, Scott Bevel Triathlete on Facebook and he's even got a YouTube channel. Jumbo, have yes. you got a nickname?
1: I have. I've just just had an idea Okay. but you tell me if you've got well, something.
0: Well, when I thought of South Africa, I thought of that movie The Power of One. Have you seen that?
1: I think I have. Great Bryce Be- Courtney book.
0: Great book. Mm-hmm. And me and my mate, Jared Lawrence, when we were kids, mm-hmm. we used to bunk school and go to the movies. There's a reason mm-hmm. to do well at school, John. Yeah. And uh, one day we bunked school and we went to The Power of One. We were the only two kids in the movie. Yes. Middle of the day. Yeah. at Hoyt's down down Morehouse we're not used to be down Morehouse and oh my god what an amazing oh, yes. movie yeah. and uh, so I thought Power of One he's got the Power of One okay and that's just based around South Africa that's why okay what were you thinking
1: well for some reason just when I mentioned Bavel ba- Baywatch came into my head Bavel Baywatch it um, kind of works as well yeah or the uh, I think the Hoff's kind of already taken yeah, are there the any house. other um, other than Pamela Anderson Did, do you know how old I I had this question the other day and now I've forgotten the answer. How old Pamela Anderson is? Okay, you
0: research it and I'm going to tell you what I think. So I was working at Nolex when I was about about 20. So I'm going to say about 20. And she was in Baywatch then. So she would be about probably about 25 then, 24. So that was, I'm going to say she's 51. You've been cheating. I have not. You've been cheating. I have not. She
1: is 51.
0: Nailed it!
1: She's nearly 52. 1st of July.
0: Hey, I got it right on the day.
1: Well done. I got it
0: right on Very the day. Very well done. Here we go. Pamela Anderson, I tell you. So we're not going to
1: call him Pamela. We're not going to call him Anderson. We're not going to call him Hoff. We're going to stick with the power of one, are yep. we?
0: Scott, the power of one, Bevel. There we go. You are, mate. A legend. Love your work. Uh, we also now have got a couple of other patrons. Jeff the Curry, uh, the Explosion Curry. we got... That's my
1: all-time favourite. <laughs>
0: that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Andy the Lion King. how to I say that one, John?
1: Uh, Cipollini.
0: Cipollini. And then we've got Matt Albatross Young. If you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. Thank you to all the patrons of the show. You absolutely rock. And uh, when you go got a website, you just go to the Patreon page. It shows you everything you get. You get different levels depending on how you donate. Coming, at, if you come out at ten
1: bucks, you get one of our awesome uh, I am Talk swim caps. Coming at twenty bucks a month, which is only coffee a week, if if that, then you get a, a swim cap and you get a beautiful icebreaker, a beautiful icebreaker bean, and also you get more entries, don't you? You do. You get double double the entries. So each each stage you go up, you get one extra entry to go into Kona for. 2020
0: yeah 2020 we'll be seeing that one clearly John <laughs> oh,
1: that's gold <laughs> i am here all week
0: uh, Bo. if you want to get some coaching from the coach John Newsom the legend that is go to coachjohnnewson.com I've released my latest podcast just yesterday it was a good one I think so you can get that at bevanjames.com. and also any other content like age group of the week cool websites feedback just flick us an email at Podcast at gmail.com John your goss
1: what's my goss uh, flying out to Kona in two days time looking forward to that <laughs> just getting over a few things here but overall feeling pretty good, had a good final week, uh, smashed a very good 20 minute TT on my new bike which was brilliant. On the Cube, On the do cube. do the brand John do the brand. Uh, loving the Cube, feeling comfy, feeling fast uh, and then on Saturday we did a 90k um, half Ironman effort which in moments most of it was good but I just got a bit frustrated at times with our roads and as I said earlier on, a few traffic issues and and shit, just not going my way and then finished up there, went and finished the the race uh, and I finished the ride at a running race, had to go on marshal, helped out, do my bit, I always ask for marshals, went and marshaled at this running race for the the kids for about 45 minutes, froze my tits off (laughs) standing in this forest and then came out and then I had to run 10Ks and I was standing on the start line Motivation was not particularly high. Yeah. A because I knew I wasn't going to run really hard. It was planned to be just a, a solid sort of tempo effort. Yeah. Uh, I was just going. Jesus, this is going to be a battle with six laps around this course, and it's slow going. It's twisting and turning, so your pace is always shit, regardless if you are running well or not. Got through that okay, uh, and uh, feeling pretty good about things. Managed, and then I managed to. What pack, time did like, you do? Oh, was I was only like running four minute case, but it's oh, okay. it's you know it's all over the show um then managed to successfully pack my bike which was which was good because it was the first time with a new tt bike and i was a bit nervous about things but i succeeded in that so that was good so i am ready to rumble bevan got my passport which is a bit of a relief he yeah, was a bit
0: stressed last week after the show he goes i'm, I'm stressing about my passport
1: i cocked up with my passport i only had five months left not six and i had to get a new passport and i was worried if it was going to turn up on time but i've got that got my that's my tip of the week check your passport to make sure you've got six months left whenever you go anywhere uh, and then uh, got my Esther which we need when we go to the States so yep. looking forward to it Dave Dwan is over there waiting for us and looking forward to a good camp oh, yeah. Bevan what's happening in your world
0: well I watched the last of Game of Thrones I'm
1: so glad that's over so we can stop hearing about the friggin Game of Thrones we
0: should have got it on board John no, just said.
1: Okay, yep. Tell us. So, so you can't spoil it. You see, what yesterday was the, the grand finale. Did you avoid the spoilers and got yes. through the day?
0: I had a situation, but because at work yesterday mm-hmm. they were doing new photos for like the website or something, so everyone had to go in and do the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go in, and someone I go in, and another guy turns up and he's talking, in and and y- you don't want to know, do you? You know, you've <laughs> no. committed yeah. so much to this and and he comes in and another girl there Alice, lovely girl she starts talking to me she goes what are you about I said, oh, okay, I'm first. I said mate please don't talk about it because I, I, I want to know nothing about yeah. it I want to know nothing about it and he, he goes oh yeah well yeah, no, 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 no. I, go, I go no please don't talk about it <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and, and he just didn't kind of get it, and I said, and I said, I, I hate to be sounding like a real prick here, because one time I, I think I've told this story, but when I watched the Rugby World Cup final, yeah. So there was one time, the last Rugby World Cup final, mm-hmm. I was on the plane coming back from Europe, yeah, and I missed the final, mm-hmm. so I had to go from basically land, yeah, spend two hours in Auckland Airport, mm-hmm. get on the plane to Auckland, back to Christchurch, get from the airport back to Joe's parents' that's, that's house. That's a challenge. It, and I nailed it. Mm. I kept earphones in my head, it didn't look I looked at shoes. Yeah. I like basically I didn't like I, I got to Joe's parents' house and we watched the final and and the family stayed in the room and I'm at a parents' house. Yeah and I was kinda like, oh, I really wish you guys would just piss off <laughs> <laughs> you know? but, and I and they just kept talking and then Joe's said he's a lovely man, but he just made a comment that gave it away, <laughs> right. you know, and it was enough that made me think maybe he was, maybe, but, and it, you know, just, uh. mm. so I told this guy the story, I, and I said, look, so don't talk, because this happened to me in the past, what did he do? He kept bloody talking, so I walked out. Yeah, yeah, I fully respect your decision to walk out. Ultimately, John, I was a little bit disappointed in that Okay, series. don't say anything, because people might have, no, might've... I'm not, not going to give, the plot away but and, and it's been common Everyone's kind of saying The last series wasn't as good As maybe what we hoped The ending I think they did a pretty good job Of wrapping it up But it wasn't good. Ultimately what I wanted
1: Bevan I will see you in
0: God well, it's going to be It's going to be literally The 25th day. of June A month or so what's well, the longest we've been apart This is up there This is <laughs> this is I'm gonna right up there to sleep. I'm going to be to Bali I'm going to Bali Nice oh, I'm looking forward to going to Bali John mm-hmm. So much Got. You know when okay. you get, you know when you've got a holiday and you're counting the days down? Mm-hmm. Don't Blunders at that stage. Oh, cause because she's coming over. She's coming over. Okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm midnight. Trainer Rootsma kaha. Kia